0: Hey
1: everyone, welcome to the Beyond the Dance Floor podcast where we look at everything outside of the moves and the competitions and try to dive a little bit deeper. It's about history, mentality, and connecting the dots between the dance and the other aspects of our lives. Today, we talk with Emstro, real name Ray Messiri. I hope I said that right. A dancer from Maximum Efficiency Crew based out of Toronto, Canada. In recent years, Emstro has been making some noise in the art world and has been transitioning into a full-on art career under the name Medeo. We talk about his early days as a dancer in the Toronto breaking scene, how his particular art style developed the connection between his dancing and his art, his art career and doing that full-time, not being afraid to fail and using it as a tool to help guide your future and more. It was really great to connect with Amstro again and I love the stuff that we got into. People like him are one of the reasons why I even started this whole thing in the first place. To show people that there's more to breaking and dance than just the dance. For a lot of us, it permeates much of our lives, and it's great to see someone succeeding using their blueprint of breaking to help them achieve it. Hope you all enjoy the talk. Peace. Okay, we're here with Emstro Maximum Efficiency Crew. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, bro.
1: Yeah, really, I nice. really appreciate you coming on, and it's been cool seeing your, your kind of art career take off in the last i don't know five five years or something like that whatever it was um Respect. yeah and uh, it's really cool just seeing what you're what you're doing and you're you share a lot of your thoughts on on stuff so hopefully we can get into that in a bit but um yeah first i usually get people to just give a little background on themselves so for people who don't know who you are yeah do you mind just getting yeah, into a little yeah, yeah. where you're from how you got into it what you do what you're up to now whatever
0: yeah yeah what's going on everybody uh i go by amstro uh background b-boy um full-time artist uh that that's what i do now um hip-hop head in mec you know and uh just really excited to be in this podcast toronto based if i didn't mention that and yeah that's about it you know? yeah
1: um so where to start well, why don't we just get into what you're up to now and like your, your current journey with, with your art? I'm kind of curious, like so for people who are maybe just listening, can you can you describe like what your art style is or where it comes from or whatever?
0: Uh so basically like my my art style came from b boyne So uh I, I it was a crazy weird time. As you said, it like I started five years ago. Five years, five to seven years ago, I I was going to school for design while battling as a B boy, while doing construction, uh, while uh, teaching youth in high schools uh, with Unity Charity, right? So I'm just like, okay, well, like I'm basically starting like five careers at once, but where do I focus this, right? And something just clicked when um, I did a series of B boys and uh, B-girls and dancers that I tributed in a school project. And that's where like my dancing meshed with my uh, calligraphy style. So the reason I got into calligraphy was because I was always doing hand styles like graffiti hand styles and um, graffiti hand styles is known as some argue that it is one of the last um, handwriting forms uh, because everything after that has been fonts. So the last Hmm. real hand style, uh, handwriting form was, uh, graffiti. And when I went through the roots of it, it goes back to like the Cholo style, which is from like LA, which goes back to, uh, old English Gothic text, Right. Hmm. So going to the roots of that was like going to the roots of b-boy and learning that like, it came from like salsa, martial arts and things of that nature. I just dug through the same, uh, path. And realize that to me it's the same thing. It's just that now I'm doing the same motions with a brush. Hmm. So um, the style I do is called calligraphy. So it's a mixture of like calligraphy and graffiti. But I split it into my own thing further, and I'm calling it calligraphunk because um, it's inspired by music. So calligraphy, when you when you say that, it's usually related to letters and words. Um, what i did was i took uh different motions like hand motions from different cultures around the world like tibet china uh middle east big influence uh iran and gothic styles and graffiti and instead of taking uh the letter forms i took the letter motions that they had to use the different techniques and i meshed it together and the way I it approaches is kind of like uh i remember this one time miga said every set needs to have Uh, a slide, a freeze, um, and like he had a few elements and I kind of just do it the same way Mm -hmm. where it's like I have certain lines that are short and sharp and then certain lines that are long and flowy Mm -hmm. and I just kind of put it together like a like a b-boy set, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's very music inspired and uh, very kind of like freestyle emotion kind of vibe, you know, Crazy. So to me, I'm just, I'm B-boying, but with the brush, which means like less injuries, but kind of the same level of hypeness and stimulation for my mind, you know? Nice, nice. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So like I've seen some of the the projects that you've done, you've done where people get you to like paint an entire room or like a huge mur- mural or things like that. And like you do it in like a day or a couple of days or something like just full on, just just painting all day. And like when you so when you do those projects, are they like 100% created sort of on the spot and you're just kind of flowing and seeing
0: how it goes? Or do you have a general idea or anything like that? Um, See, that's where it's even more related to breaking, because it's like when you when you uh, let's say you're in a cypher, like you're you're not going to think about every set and what you're going to do in the cypher. It's more like, yo, I'm going to check the vibe. The DJ is going to hit it with the right song. Mm -hmm. And whatever people do, I'm going to respond to that. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I walk in a room, it's kind of the same energy where I'm like, all right, well, it depends on uh, what's the room used for, what kind of people go in it, what kind of colors are in there, uh, what kind of, let's say if it's a store, what kind of products are in there. Right. So I start with asking the client those questions Mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of understanding the vibe and that vibe sets the tone for the project. Mm -hmm. So um, what I do is I tell them, all right, well, Can we agree on these colors and can we agree on this concept Mm -hmm. but then after that i make them agree that i have complete freedom to freestyle it Mm -hmm. so if they want to uh like if they want to manage the project like if they want to stay there and be like hey can you change this and that like they want to break my flow i put it in the contract like i want to try i want to get paid double because now it's taking me double the length because you're breaking my vibe mm-hmm. and I have to recreate new vibes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, but nobody ever wants to pay double. Uh, so that kind of protects me. Uh, but either way, yeah, like I, uh, it's all freestyle for the most part. It's just kind of like, you, uh, you know, when you, same context, you know, as a cypher, like if the, um, we, we set the tone and then we just follow through from there, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's why I'm able to do it fast because like once uh, once I know exactly what's going to go where and uh, I, I I understand and we come to a certain like understanding, then that's it. And I'm just flying with it, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that, that uh, just reminds me of some of the stuff that I've read about, yeah, just flow and motivation and things like that. And one of the big things that can help people with like motivation and drive to do something and, and, achieve that sort of like flow, flow state, whatever you want to call it, yeah. like is that sense of uh, autonomy and you do it your way. You have agency over like when you do it, how you do it, who's in your team, like that kind of thing. Who Are you doing it solo or with these people? You get to pick who's who's there and you get to like really uh, customize your your experience of how you do it. And that kind of thing and it's right yeah i like um,
0: that i like that you said autonomy I, I think that's the best way to put it it's like mm-hmm. uh we set things up in a way where like they can go autonomously right
1: yeah and it's like ideally if you get to a high enough level you the clients should kind of like trust or clients or like if you're working a job or something your boss or your co-workers or things like that like there's a certain sense of like trust, right? They trust, mm. they hired you for a reason. They're coming to you for a reason. So <clears throat> like they put that trust in you that, okay, we want them. We, we saw their their artwork, their portfolio or whatever. We want them for that reason. So like let them do what they do right? in a sense. Like, and I, I understand some people have a certain idea and you you talk with them and get an idea of like what they want. But right. at the same time, like they have to let you do what you do best.
0: Right. Yeah. Like you hired an artist, you know, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to do it yourself, like then do it yourself. Don't, don't hire an artist. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. 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 So, but yeah,
1: I think it's really interesting that you put that in your contract. That if they want to kind of like micromanage the project, they got to pay you double.
0: Well, yeah. Cause it takes me double the time. Like you're, you're yeah. going to break my balls around about random things that you think are better, but like you don't have experience in this. Right. Mm. So it's like, whatever idea you you know it's just like when you're in auditions for movies as a dancer and they're like oh can you do this here and there and you you know it's not going to be proper you know (laughs) but it's like you got to work with the director and all that so it's like if you want to be a director Mm -hmm. it's going to take me double the time now because i got to figure out how to make random stuff look fresh you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying yeah 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 so yeah
1: um can you talk a little bit about your yeah your experience just being in uh, was it design school or like art school?
0: It was art. It was art. Like I went to school for art and design.
1: Art and design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you talk a bit, little bit about that? Just the whole that experience. Uh,
0: honestly, the best, the, the best thing I, I got from going to uh, university was connecting with Phil Fury, uh, Eastpin, uh, and uh, C. Swift from Fam. They were in the same school as me, so when I came in um they were uh eastman and uh phil were still there so mm-hmm. they put me through the loopholes on like how to use the school to run jams um <laughs> yeah like they're di- different crazy loopholes you know and um like i used to yo i used to cut because i used to be a barber part-time so yo, i used to cut phil's hair like uh, in his uh work workspace yo they used to hate me because they're like oh my god here comes this guy with the machine he's gonna leave hair everywhere I was talking, like, <laughs> just so loud and funny all the time. And um, anyways, honestly, that was the best part of it. And just seeing how Phil took, because Phil was heavy into b-boying back then, and seeing how he took um, dancing to his thesis, like, his his last year of thesis, mm-hmm. that that was really dope. Like, he he really took, uh, like, all, all the things that he was into uh, in terms of, like, uh, dancing, and hip hop and, and turning into like an academic thesis mm. and, and it was so dope. And like just seeing he did it so effortlessly, you know, like I'd never seen him stress like a lot of artists. They're like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know where this is going. And like, yo, Phil's just, it's just like butter. Like I'd never seen him stress about an artwork ever, you know? Mm. And that was so dope. Cause he, it kind of showed me how to make good work and mm-hmm. make it about myself, you know? So mm. I'd say that was the best part. Besides that, honestly, like, I just had to meet a bunch of deadlines and kind of just figure out, like, how can I uh, communicate my passions on an academic level? And Phil was way better than me at it. And I, I really struggled to even the last year when I did my thesis, like, uh, it, it was it was hard for me to kind of mesh it. Because I was, like, so heavy into the b boy that when I'd show up my pieces that, like, captured, like, Midas or um, mm-hmm. uh, other... Uh, I I did like Midas, Ken Swift, Alieness. Like I did a bunch of, uh, cats that I I attributed in my head. I'm like, yo, it was just a bunch of guys ciphering, but like the class was like, what is this? You know, Mm -hmm. like they didn't know what ciphering was or whatever. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I don't really care about your opinion. (laughs) No, because this is what I want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what it kind of came down to. Uh, but I got to say the design stuff that I learned was really dope because that's what really helped me, um, make my work look good. You Mm. know? It's kind of like uh where in dancing, like, you know, you learn certain you to have good form and have, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like good placements. Like I learned the foundation of aesthetics through design. You Mm -hmm. know? So when I graduated, I had a good grasp of what looks good. And Mm. that that's what really helped me with making like uh good murals for clients, you know.
1: Mm. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's really interesting like i think that's something that is kind of lost in dance like or are not lost but because like dance at least breaking is like so informal sometimes like yeah there's a way to do it but kind of there's no formal place there are places you can learn it but like it's kind of like whatever people have learned over the years and they just kind of teach that and like it's not yeah. always so common that people will talk very strictly about like, how does this look? How do you structure around effectively, even if you're freestyling or things like that, like right. it's very, just kind of like, yeah, you just, you go out there and feel it, which is partially true. But yeah, you know, if you don't pay attention to those little details, like, you know, how do you actually look when you're doing this, regardless of how it feels mm-hmm. like that's stuff that's, that'll set you apart from, you know, To other people if you have that feeling but then you also have the aesthetics of how that move movement looks or how this windmill looks or how this like freeze looks that kind of thing like it can go it can take you really far
0: right and and you know it's crazy because um like when i when i first got an mec like i i didn't really know a lot of people outside of uh toronto Mm -hmm. and you you were one of the first cats that i actually got to physically be around like when, when we went to remember when we went to uh where we go florida we went to oh yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah i think yeah. that was when we first actually met or was it in toronto one time randomly
0: and then it was we in met in toronto a... one time yeah but that yeah, was yeah. when like you know like we were like doing footwork a lot of footwork and and, and a lot of like we were getting down a lot uh, at the hotel right yeah yeah and you know that that's like there's still a universal principle to what good breaking looks like i feel and like you could do a lot of crazy stuff but it's like if you're dragging your feet Mm -hmm. like that's just not fly you could do whatever style in any way you Mm -hmm. feel but i just feel like if you're dragging your feet that's kind of just out of the equation you know yeah yeah yeah. or if you're if you're pointing your toes while you're doing freezes or power like there's just certain aesthetic principles that like apply to no matter what you want to do and how crazy you want to do it and Mm -hmm. and that's when like when i saw your style and I, um, and your crew, I was like, okay, this is really different from Toronto. But there's a certain universal form mm-hmm. that was still there, you know, mm-hmm. and a certain understanding. And I was like, yo, that's dope. I, I never seen that approach before, you know. Mm. But it was dope to see it within the uh, principles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, I think,
1: like, that's that's something that maybe now people are starting to think a little bit more about that kind of stuff a little bit deeper about particularly breaking like these sort of yeah universal principles of like yeah well you can do whatever you want sort of but there are certain things that you got to kind of like abide by yeah
0: yeah you yeah know,
1: certain things certain little details and it's like it doesn't mean that everyone has to look the same but there's certain things that you got to do that like that keep the the aesthetic of like breaking it looks like breaking
0: yeah yeah exactly it's like yo it's uh like you could do whatever boxing style you want but like mm. if you're kicking somebody in the balls uh, in a boxing ring like you're not boxing anymore you know what yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah that's yeah,
0: kind of yeah. like how i see it you know
1: yeah yeah um very true uh i want to ask you about because i know like one of the people that mentored you or at least had a an influence like when you were starting out was Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk a little bit a bit about him or just that like what he taught you, that kind of thing? I I only know the name and I like little bits and pieces about him, but mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So my main my main mentor was uh kid is Kid Unity. Oh, okay. Um, not a lot of cats know about him because he he kind of like when I got in MEC I got in because he that was when he was kind of fading away from the scene. Okay. But but kid unity was Jedi's first from what I know first official student. So I was indirect, like I was indirectly learning from Jedi because I was Mm -hmm. too young to to be at Andy pool hall. But like my approach came from, I'd say the Jedi approach of like good foundation, freestyling, raw, you know, being raw, hitting beats, kind of a more New York approach, right? Mm -hmm. A more old school approach. So uh, I only got to like connect with Jedi like s- six, seven years after I started B-boying. Uh, I would only hear about the legend of Jedi when Kid Unity would come to practice and call me out and like just be Jedi's protege, you know? So, um, yeah, I-, I would say like uh, I-, I would say he is probably like in ter- besides my mentors. He is my biggest influence because he um, he really had this like don't back down, uh, be clean, be correct all the time uh, kind of approach, and we just clicked like right like right after we met because I've been I've been training under his kind of formula. We clicked immediately after I started going to Andy Pool Hall mm-hmm. and all these places, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Papa J, you know. I, I, <laughs> I, I still hang with him to this day you know it's oh, always nice. a good it's always a good time in exchange you know
1: one of the things that i remember hearing about him is he had like they call it like the jedi slap or some the floor slap or something like that yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. so yeah he's just he's a character and, and that's actually that's a dope thing to mention um he's a very character focused person he's just like yo many people he's telling me how like so, you know many many people got a lot of moves but he's like i got a lot of characters mm-hmm. so you know he's like yo one day i might be this character or even in in one uh night i might encompass like five six different characters right mm-hmm. uh inspired by um movies and different things that is uh, kind of you know uh mm-hmm. he was into so yeah. um i kind of take that approach to my art because i'm just like every every space has different vibes mm-hmm. and like let's say it's a professional space then i i step into a uh kind of like a i don't know if you watch suits but like maybe like a high respecter character you know okay. and if i'm i'm in a you know like basically like just tapping into characters really mm-hmm. helps a lot because it mm-hmm. opens many options where mm-hmm. you're not just limited by oh my god i have these moves you can play with those moves in so many different ways right
1: yeah yeah i think uh, that's something that as people get more experienced they hopefully start to realize that the like when you start to move away from like just the move or one, or if it's like some other thing like this technique or something like that, Mm -hmm. when you have this sort of tunnel vision of it's only this, this thing, but when you expand it into like say character or style or using that one move as a style or something like that, that's when like your creativity gets really unleashed or, or the bear, the, the, the walls like confining into being a certain way get mm-hmm. get broken down and then you're free to like experiment more freely with some kind of guide like right yeah i think that's really key for you know i know i know dancing but i'm sure it applies to a lot but like, you just mentioned that you do it with your art too right
0: right right
1: yeah um yeah anyway <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I want to go back a little bit to just your, your art and for people watching, like I'm, that's your sort of art style in the back right there. Right.
0: Yeah. This, so this is an old, uh, the colorful part is an old piece. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I like, basically I, I, I revisit, so my old style would be like more classical, like painting, like literal stuff. And then I, I revisited recently with some markers and I did like my new style with the lines. Mm-hmm you nice.
1: know yeah
0: so it's more of an experiment that's mm-hmm. why i keep it in the studio just for fun you know nice nice yeah, yeah for
1: anyone who's just listening you can go on the youtube channel and check it out
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you
1: just go and follow follow Amstro. yeah um but yeah you're you you mentioned this like before we we started this chat but like you have a sort of an art name or like an alter ego i guess or you have mm-hmm. like even Amstro is sort of like an alter ego, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to get into a little bit about that? I saw your your recent little post that you made. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but um, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, what what happened was okay. So, I stopped b-boying because I I literally was like overnight. I realized that I didn't want to pursue it like as a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to really uh, keep it in my heart.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: uh, and. One of the people who, who really gave me that perspective was was Gadget um, mm-hmm. from Boogie Brad. So like he's so heavily into hip hop and b-boying, but he also has uh, another career and another and he's also a family man and all these mm-hmm. things. And I just like that model. I'm not saying that that's the ultimate model. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't see myself doing theater or teaching workshops. So I had to kind of see what really aligns with me uh, in other ways while I'm still into hip-hop and all those things. But for the beginning, I was like, I'm just going to go with my government name as an artist. Because a lot of artists, a lot of professional artists just go with their name, you mm. know? Uh, after a while, though, like after a couple of years, I realized, I'm like, you know what? Like, this isn't really suiting me because um, my name is what my mom calls me. when, As I mentioned my status, that's why my mom calls me when I don't do the dishes, you know, like, I'm like, I need, um, I need a name that really describes me and what I do and honors all parts of me, uh, in the background, because I'm still like, um, you know, my homies are still the same. I I didn't change, you know, I wasn't like, I didn't suddenly just like change circles or, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I, I still, there are certain things that will always be dear to me. So I realized I need a name that really honors, me as Ray and me as Emstro. and it took me a year to find Madeo. Uh, it's an ancient word, which means a bridge. So that, and I was always like, Yo, I'm a hybrid. Like, you know, uh, I'm a hybrid. First of all, because you know, I'm chilling with Switch on the weekend and the homies, and I, I'm like turning up at a jam, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being crazy. I'm in a cipher or whatever, and then I'm, and you know, the next day I wake up and I'm, I'm in a board boardroom meeting you know, like being super clean and proper, but I'm like, these are both parts of me. Like I'm not, I don't live a double life, you know? So, um, uh, like even the people that I know professionally know my history, Mm -hmm. I I don't hide it. Right. So I'm like, let me just find a name that honors both. And, uh, I found that Medeo, uh, is dope, not just because it's uh, an ancient word from my country, Albania, uh, which honors my roots. honors my history but also i really like the accent because it um confuses people and it's kind of like chanel right if you know chanel you know you read it, chanel but if somebody comes and reads it channel then you know they're not about that life you know what i'm saying so you know if you know Madeo, you know it's pronounced this way right and if you don't then you you'll pronounce it different right so it's kind of like it's a little exotic in a way you know uh in a good way where it's like you gotta know who this person is and how to pronounce it mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's how i came up with it
1: that's cool though yeah i think that's like something that i would kind of been thinking about in the last few years about yeah just like authenticity and and character and that kind of thing and like you know you can talk about it with like say someone's style or something and and how do you how do you find your style and that kind of thing and a lot of it is like really understanding who you are and what you what you do what you like and don't like what you want to do what you don't want to do and like uh it's just cool hearing that that idea of like there's all these these different parts of you but they're all sort of like they're all a part of you and you don't you don't you don't like shy away from it it's not like yeah you have you have your different faces that you kind of put on but it's all kind of you at the same time like it's all representing you and it's all connected
0: it's just it's hard to it's really hard to keep up with an image you've made up Mm. you know if you're gonna make up a story uh uh, about yourself and like uh make up a certain identity like you're gonna have to watch over your shoulders for the rest of your life yeah be scared that somebody's gonna expose you yeah. And um it's just it, it, you know it's way harder to do that and I also that's just not me, you know? Yeah. So um
1: yeah. Yeah, like it really clicked in my head when I was listening to I don't know if you watch like pro wrestling or you used to watch it, I don't know. But
0: <laughs> I'm pretty it, sure
1: yeah. I'm pretty sure most people, a lot of people know who like Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right.
1: And it was like I think it was with him but it could have been like any wrestler who said this, but he was talking about just like character and like stone cold, the character, the rattlesnake and how that kind of came about. And like a lot of it was, or maybe it was Bret Hart who said this, I don't know, mm-hmm. but he would, he was just talking about like these, cause in pro wrestling, you kind of have to have a character. There's a, there's a person that you play in the ring and, and in the interviews and things like that. But the best ones were always, an extension of that person's real character or like they're drawing from something that's real so that they can do it authentically they can make it feel real they can make it feel authentic and like yeah yeah, they were were always like the best people were always sort of extensions of who they really are and Mm. and so as an audience member you see that and it comes off as more authentic, even though it's like pro wrestling and it's all fake and whatever. It's easier to connect with it. And I think that's like something that whether you're talking about pro wrestling or, or dancing or art or, or movies or anything like that, that's a big thing is like, is this, is whatever you're doing, like connecting with the person viewing it or listening to it. And, like, right. that's the biggest thing you can do, in my opinion, It's like, connect, have some kind of emotional connection with with the person viewing it or listening to it or whatever. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, so, the other, yeah, another thing that I wanted to just kind of talk a bit about and just get your opinions is, yeah, just sort of like the role of, of, of art. Like why, why do it? That kind of thing, you know, like, uh, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> like, Art is, is sometimes seen by people, some people as like, you know, it. what, what does it kind of serve? Like, you know, you do, you work in a restaurant and like people need to eat. They got to, they got to, get food and that kind of thing or you know someone does runs like a a business like and and that that business serves this sort of need that the the people the community has or something like that what do you think the role of art serves like you as an artist and and doing this stuff what what is that like fulfilling in society
0: um I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. Uh, Okay, I I would say it gives people meaningfulness in their life because Mm -hmm. the thing is, every day we live in a very gray world where, like, you know, you get up, you go to work. Uh, Like, most people have a very routinely thing. And I think that entertainment in general, when it comes to art, music, theater, movies, like, these are all things that we live for, you know? Like, we Mm -hmm. don't live for going to work. We don't live for paying the bills, we live for these things that make our life meaningful, meaningful, that make us laugh, make us think, make us, uh, you know, uh, get in touch with our sadness or happiness, right? And that's, that's where art fits in, just like any other art form. And, you know, when you're walking in the city and you're seeing these murals, right? like uh when i go to montreal for example and i see all these murals i'm so stimulated right Mm -hmm. and it doesn't it just it's so different from where if it was just a if we're to just be buildings Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. those pieces give the city identity and meaning Mm -hmm. you know and that's where art comes in number one um it just it's a catalyst for uh thought right uh for like Thought like thought-provoking things Mm -hmm. uh, in a good way. It's playful, you know what I mean. Um, The other thing is that it helps us visually uh, capture and interpret certain emotions that cannot be said or done by words. So, Mm -hmm. for that's where I leveraged it because, um, like, growing up as an immigrant, um, my family didn't real didn't understand hip hop. So they're always like why are you doing this this is like this doesn't this isn't good for your career you're hanging out with a bunch of gangsters i wasn't you know my friends are awesome um but they're just like they just didn't get it you know what i'm saying they didn't understand what this was they're like why don't you take piano that's a real art form what is this why are you rolling on the floor so that really pissed me off when i was younger you know so i was like you know what i'm like i i can either just be be upset and offended or I can turn this negative energy I have in me to realizing that so many people in the world don't understand hip-hop as much, right? So that's where I started taking um, these hip-hop principles and these principles I learned through b-boying and hanging out with DJs, MCs, and writers and translating that into artwork. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: um, the reason why I went high-end and I'm trying to do you know, galleries and, and corporate collaborations is because it's just another tool for people who are not in touch with street culture to understand what it is. And mm-hmm. that we do have something in common here. It's just that we have different tastes, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, when I did the series as a thesis uh, where I covered uh, a bunch of dancers um, that I attributed through my artwork, that was, and I did it in this... Um, I did in this gallery where like, uh, Picasso exhibited and, and a bunch of like other fancy names. And I was like, dope, because now these older people are coming. They're like, oh, that's nice. And then they're coming and they're getting introduced to hip hop mm-hmm. in a way that they never thought, you know? Yeah, And they're like, wow, like there's so much depth into this, you know, that they didn't realize existed. So, um, yeah, that's why I do it. It's like a visual language. That uh, helps people. That could help people understand something that couldn't be understood with words. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of my my take into it.
1: Yeah, but oh, that's cool. Like uh, the last kind of part that you said too, in particular, about just helping people understand, like hip hop, and and again, sort of like bridging these gener- maybe generational gaps and stuff like that, or bridging cultures and and right and that kind of thing um i think that's a really important thing because yeah a lot of people see hip-hop as like it's youth culture and it you can see very clearly that it speaks heavily to to younger people in particular and for whatever reason it's just because it's so maybe it's just so like free and and uh yeah, not like constrained in so many ways. Like as you get older, that just sort of happens. You get more and more boxed into like this is how it's gotta be, things have gotta be this way. And it's it's yeah, it's super free and expression expressive. And uh I kind of want to come back to just something you mentioned about like gadget
0: and yeah. how
1: he keeps breaking and hip hop as like. It's not his job. It's just something that he, he does. Like it's just part of his life. And I think that's really important to like, you know, whether people do that, do it as a job or not, that's up to them. But I think people got to remember that stuff like art, dance, uh, music, and these kind of things are also just something to like, to help you like remind you of that freedom that exists in the world. And it's not all about order and, 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 and constraint and, and nine to five and that kind of stuff. There are these things that are just kind of, why do they exist? Because it's, it's cool because it's beautiful because it's looks nice or because it makes you feel a certain way or whatever. Like it's no real particular reason necessarily it's just you just want to do it or you wanted to make it or you wanted to express this thing that's in there that wants to come out that kind of thing
0: right i mean yeah it's like uh i know like for him it's like uh it's a therapy you know mm-hmm. like it's you know like i was compared to like how a lot of people like they they go to the sports bar and they have a few drinks and talk like me and the homies like we don't do that but we we session instead you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying or some people go fishing or you know what i mean like this is our recreational thing yeah it just yeah. happens to be really hard and uh <laughs> also, yeah yeah and really fresh you know <laughs> yeah
1: but like you know people people do that with say like martial arts and and things like that or people do it with working out like right there's all kinds of things that they don't I think that's a something that I like to say the breaking community in particular needs to get out of their head is like, if you do this, it's only for the competition or it's only for a career or it's only for whatever. And if you don't have that, like, there's no point in doing it. It's like, there's so much stuff that you get from just doing it and keeping it in your life that uh that's so, I don't know. Yeah. Therapeutic or just like, it's like stress relief and it keeps you active and it keeps your mind sharp and, and all these things and it keeps connections with other people and you're, you're, bonding in that way. And, uh, yeah, I think people just really need to remember, like, why did you even start in the first place? Like, just right. c- usually cause it was just cool and like,
0: right. You just hey, saw hey, some, some Yeah. People, yeah like uh, there's so many homies that, uh, like, disappeared you know like they Mm -hmm. they did it it till like they hit university and then they got into becoming like a doctor or a lawyer Mm -hmm. and they just cut it out because Mm -hmm. uh i feel like yeah sure they don't have time but also there's a concept in their head where they're like i don't make money off of this so yeah they get heartbroken by that yeah and they and they leave it but it's like no you you just need to realize that like this isn't your money maker this is your hobby you know so uh like again if you if you pursued it as a career that's really dope my respect you know because some people have pursued as careers we have jams right like cross one and who, who like you know like wh- whoever's in the scene that has pursued it or mm-hmm. even cats like storm who do uh uh is a storm Maurizio these guys they do theater right and they yeah. manage yeah. and focus you know and oh my god there's so many to mention. um the thing is like you 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 don't need to just throw the whole thing away because it doesn't make you money mm-hmm. you know like it's it has a lot of value you know Be, like you're exercising you're talking to people for me like it helps me um shift my mind outside of my work because mm-hmm. all day my mind's running about work you know yeah yeah, yeah. so i gotta do this and that and then this is due and then i gotta talk to this guy and then boom and then i have a team and then like when i go and i chill with Andell and switch like it's just a like it's like a we're it's like a stand up comedy show like we're we're just laughing we're talking about random stuff and it's yeah. just like it's a good time and it's so meaningful and so recharging you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. like and and it's so valuable you know mm-hmm. but again you need to prioritize it and some people just can't right yeah yeah depending on everybody's life uh circumstance
1: yeah but like it's this i always kind of have this parallel of like breaking is very similar to having a good conversation, like a good, say a good cipher, a good, like whatever, a good battle yeah. even, but whatever, like that kind of thing, was just exchanging with people and, and just ciphering and that kind of thing. Like it's the same kind of feeling, except it's physical as like having a good conversation with people. So like just you talking about when you see, when you hang out with switch and Andel and and whoever, and like, you guys are just joking around and stuff like that. That's like one of those, it's another form of this sort of free expression and like, whatever you want to call it, like stress relief and just forgetting about all that other stuff that like, that exists in your day or or your daily life, that kind of thing. And just having that moment of just sort of pure free expression and that kind of thing. Yeah. And people get that in all kinds of different ways. And yeah, some people get it through, through exercise or martial arts or games or watching TV, even watching TV, you just kind of like turn your brain off for a bit and just enjoy the ride that this thing is taking you on and that kind of thing. Music does it too, right? It's like all kinds. It's just another form of that, that whatever. But I think you got to have the right like mental approach going into it. If you're going into it as like, because I think a lot of people, with breaking in particular have this where it's still based around like coming up with this move and impressing people and like whatever. And that's part of it. But, you know, for some people, that's like the main thing. And if that doesn't exist, then like there's no reason to do it. If I can't go to a battle and like showcase myself, then why would I do it? You know, if people aren't, if I'm not in the top eight, that kind of top, whatever if we're winning a jam or something like that like why would i do it yeah
0: right no it makes sense just diff- different purposes right for yeah different
1: people, yeah you know? yeah yeah exactly um yeah i want to talk to you about um yeah just you coming back to art as like career and that kind of thing but i think sometimes that's hard for people to balance like artists and 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 I noticed it a lot in the breaking community that it's really hard to like balance doing this as like a business and but keeping it kind of like true and pure to what it is or whatever um, so can you talk a little bit about just your experiences doing your art as a as your career and yeah just just some of the ups and downs or or things that you have to do to to make it work
0: uh well first of all i I had to be willing to change a lot as a person um mm-hmm. because when I was b boy I was very i had a very unprofessional behavior mm-hmm. um, if if i were to like i used to like unity was my fir- unity charity was my first taste of like professional etiquette you know mm-hmm. And, like, I'd be the type of guy who, like, wouldn't even show up to a gig and it wouldn't even announce that I'm not coming. Or if I'm showing up, I'm, like, acting out of pocket, you know? Like, uh, I just I didn't know. And I realized that I really need to change myself if I, I'm going to pursue this thing. Because mm-hmm. I ended up in a, in a place in my life where I had to do construction and work warehouse. And I realized I'm like, yo, this isn't for me. And I have all this talent and potential and it's all going to go to waste if I don't tighten up because I'm already going to have to be on time for something to make money. I might as well be on time for the things that give me uh, purpose in life. And um, then I was like, you know what? Let's just learn business. And my first taste of business was A, from Uni Charity, B, from watching rappers talk about uh, their business journeys, you know, just like. Listening to crazy stories about like uh Mob Deep going to like uh different record labels and shooting their shot when they were like fourteen, fifteen and like nobody mm. was giving them a chance. And then the first chance they got, they like screwed it up big time, you know. Like uh Havoc brought a gun to the uh interview by accident. And Jeez. and yeah, and he accidentally shot like the manager in the stomach while playing with the gun. Yeah. Oh my god. Like and like but these are like Things that really I could relate to and inspire me. Not that I ever brought a gun anywhere, but like um, they didn't, they inspired me to realize how much people are willing to do in terms of resilience, you know? And obviously like over the years, you know, crews like mob deep really tighten up because they did great, you know? And then uh, listening to other cats, like, um, you know, recently, like the late uh, Nipsey Hustle or a uh, 50 cent story or, you you know, Master P, all these guys just taking in how they went from the streets to the corporate without Mm -hmm. really having to like bend their identity and turn into these people who they aren't, you know what I mean? And like them figuring out how to put on their homies and like who should be put on, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So that really inspired me a lot. And then seeing graffiti writers um, like Bacon and Quest who are like really respected in the streets like go and do these beautiful corporate projects, you know? And I'm like, yo, I could still be myself while having the freedom to do what I love and get paid for it so I can live off of it, right? Mm -hmm. And that was really dope. And But it took a lot of humility for me to change and accept that, like, I really need to tighten up as a person. Um, So I went, uh, after I graduated, I took, like, a a six-month business intensive course. And that, like, kind of changed my whole perspective, you know, and, That really helped me understand like how to, how to conduct myself, how to present myself, you know? And like, there's so many things that are just like B-Boy Foundation where it's like, just learn this and then you could be whoever you want and feel however you want. But like, these are certain principles that you got to follow. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So I'm still myself. Um, There's certain things I won't do or bend for. Like if you ask me to paint the Teletubbies, I'm not going to do it. I I can't relate to it, but yo, like for example, like uh, my client, which is down the street, like he's into heavy metal. And I was like, yo, that's dope because uh, I love that rudeness and looseness of heavy metal. And I can relate to it. I'm not a metal head, but like, I have something in common either way, mm-hmm. you know, like with the splashes and he's like, yo, just go off and do whatever you want. And like, I was like, yo, that's sick, you know? So we did a really cool project there. And then I have a lot of my clients who love hip hop just like I do, you know, and my mentors too, like, um, I, I have really good mentors and they're all just hip hop dudes who they're just older than me and they have way more experience in, in their business world, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I kind of went on a tangent, but like uh, I, if I were to sum it up, I had to humble myself and and seek mentorship and really be, be ready to pivot and change and like never give up because I've, I've failed so much. I've, I've been, I've been through so many ups and downs, like I've slept in so many studio floors. Yo, when I was in university, bro, um, the school closed at 12, I would have to, uh, get into a storage room where they store the paintings. And I made my own little, like, um, kind of like room with canvases. So the security wouldn't see me and I would crash there. And then, uh, after that, for my thesis, I I brought a tent and I I would crash in my, uh, uh, thesis studios bathroom like just so i can get extra time you know what i'm saying like i was doing and then like i was working construction i was doing all these things and yo, know, like I, I would go all in on art shows and make nothing in return like i've put together over 32 art shows and like i didn't get my break until the last two three exhibits hmm. you know in terms of sales like everything else was a minus like i would save up money and just blow it you know, like not blow it, but like make attempts at trying to get this thing to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I, I just kept getting back up. And, and I think that that's like Jay-Z said, he's like the most genius thing I did was that I I never gave up, mm-hmm. you know, like anybody that knows Jay-Z's story, like he got rejected a lot. And like, he's like, screw it. I'm gonna just start my own thing. And kind yeah. of that, that's what I did. You know, like yeah. galleries all said no. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to start my own thing, you know? Mm-hmm yeah
1: Yeah. i I think that's like that's a big thing is is uh you if no one's going to give you the opportunities you make your own opportunity and then ideally you you humble yourself and realize like well what are the parts of this whole problem that i need to improve on and and really look at it and like like you said you you took that business intensive and that improved all these other aspects of your of like of emstro of ray that needed improvement of like the business side the professional like how to present yourself and that kind of thing and you just leveled up and like i think that's something that that really i don't know why it is but just doing doing dance and breaking in particular there was always this like people only did that with regards to like The dance and the movement and that kind of thing and that's why people do such incredible things but when it came to like anything outside of that it was always like like i don't know no fuck you like i want to do it this way and then like you don't know anything or i don't have to change and there's nothing i need to know and this kind of thing or just yeah like very i don't know in a lot of ways, like lazy mentality when it came to certain other things, like yeah, being professional, being, building a business, building something. And that's something that like you see a lot you're seeing kind of get exposed now with say breaking, being put onto this, whether you like the Olympics or not, it's a large platform and it's a very, you have to be professional to do it. And, and you can see a lot of the, the, mentalities get exposed of like they don't want to put in certain people don't want to put in the work they just want stuff to come to them yeah and and you know it's the wrong mentality to have if you want something to like succeed
0: yeah you know um controversial but uh i think there is a trauma with uh pursuing something for money Mm-hmm. Uh with the OGs in, in b boying mm-hmm. So the way I see it is like this. <clears throat> Ask before me. So like let's talk about like you know Benzo, Gizmo, Tic Tac, uh, you know, uh all the OGs, right? The thing is, they had to or CFM, they had to figure out moves from tapes, mm-hmm. right? That was their groundbreaking thing, mm-hmm. is that they uh they had to learn moves from tapes figure them out, develop their own style on top of that, which was like, you know, during that time, Mm -hmm. people were like going through pilgrimages to like go and find a tape somewhere, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they figured that out. And when it comes to my generation, I didn't have to figure out how to windmill. I didn't Mm -hmm. have to ever reverse the tape and be like, yo, that five seconds of that, like windmill. I need to figure this. No, like they gave them to me. They gave Mm -hmm. me those techniques because they Mm -hmm. already discovered them. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. But then what's the next step after that? And the next step after that, in my opinion, is how do we make this thing uh, have longevity?
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: And longevity in this world needs finances because if you're if you're not like that's why a lot of people are quitting breaking, they're like, oh, like just make me money or whatever, you know? And I think they passed down a lot of dope concepts, but they also passed down because they were the first to get into the corporate world as b-boys they got screwed over a lot, Mm. right? They didn't know how to protect themselves legally, so they got shafted, they got, like, exploited. So Mm -hmm. now they're going to the younger generation, some of them, and they're like, yo, it's whack to, like, do corporate collabs. It's whack to do this. Mm -hmm. So, yo, I'm real. I make no money. I barely make any money out of, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of OGs who, like, love the fact that they make zero dollars off of b boying or, or anything that they love. And But the thing is, my generation's responsibility i feel is to incorporate financial literacy into it hmm. i strongly believe that financial literacy is a hip-hop element you know cats yeah. like nas you know are they fake you know he makes millions of dollars are they fake i'm not saying you have to make millions of dollars to to, to be real but like cat or lox or you know whatever you like that's like tribe call quest you know like hmm. or bust the rhymes like Are they fake because they make a lot of money? No, it's just, they were able to protect themselves legally and maneuver in the right way where they're doing what they love. They definitely influence the world through what they do. You know, like we get down to that music, you know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. I think that it'd be dope if the next step would be for, for cats to kind of have a bit more knowledge on the professional side. So if they want to be boy for a living, um, they can and there's the tools and the access for them to learn how to make contracts how to negotiate how to you know having like navigate through the corporate world with integrity and like things of that nature right Mm -hmm. so anyway that's another tangent but uh that's kind of what's been in my mind for so long and i just don't feel like to be honest i don't feel like they're the world or a lot of cats are ready yet to be like rio Mm -hmm. like show me how to make a CV or whatever. Like a mm-hmm. lot of cats don't even have their bio. Like I'm like, yo, send me a bio. I'm going to put you on this thing. You don't have it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like I think it's going to take a bit, but I think that's kind of the next step. That's really important. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And sorry
0: to cut you. Sorry to cut you. Off. One last thing. I want to give a shout out to lazy legs because mm-hmm. uh, he was one of the main cats who, who put me on certain professional etiquettes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I think that he's a great example somebody who's like a full-time b-boy who who has really been able to be proper you know Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: yeah yeah he's definitely someone that i want to have on here and just talk about his his experiences and perspectives and stuff he's a really cool guy just in general real thought yeah yeah um but yeah definitely and like you know like i had this sort of conversation with some people on the podcast before, but like, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, I guess like trauma <laughs> in a sense in like the breaking community and the, and the hip hop community and stuff like that. And you can kind of understand why people develop certain mentalities, but I think, like you said, it's we're, well, we like, the next generation is in a really unique place that they have all this stuff to this foundation that's being laid. However, slowly, like it's being laid and they don't have to really, they just got to build on top of that. And that's yeah. all, all there is.
0: Like, yo, these new kids, like they're learning windmills, like in their mother's womb. I'm like, how did you get it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's just cause yo, so, like people have already figured out the techniques and they just yeah. pass it down yeah. and then, you know, you got to build on that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, that's like real, real culture. That's like the essence of culture. Like you look at your phone and there's like, I don't know, thousands of years of like technology that have gone into this thing that led to this moment of having this phone that can go on the internet and do all this stuff and, and talk to people all over the world and also record video and also, uh, you know do all kind of play play video games and stuff whatever like you can do all this stuff it's a computer phone um mp3 player like music player with all these things and it's all of that history of those things being leading into this thing like right you know but the thing is like people who use it or people who build on top of that technology they don't necessarily have to know like what a record player is and how a record player works or, or, you know, how exactly the internet works and things like that, like it can help. And I'm sure certain aspects, like you might have to, depending what you're doing, you might have to dig deeper, but it's like, you're kind of just building on top of that. You don't have to redo all of that stuff that led to where we are right now. Right. You know, it's like, that's just, that's just, knowledge that you have and that's that's your starting point is kind of from there in a way
0: which is incredible man it's yeah Yeah. you know just seeing seeing these younger cats like you know it's like me and switch call like the remote control effect because it's like their their physical capabilities are like so high because it's just like yo they're learning 90s at like six years old you know what i mean or whatever yeah yeah. so now so now the older cats are trying to get them to do the things that they couldn't do like the (laughs) things that they yeah, the things that, and I'm, I'm not saying like they're doing, I'm not saying that they're like making them bite their thing, but it's just like they're having fun with them. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Like yo, they're like, yo, do that 90 again then pause it and reverse player and like, because yeah, 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 they yeah. can do it, you know you what live I mean?
1: vicariously kind of true.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yo, it's so it's so sick though, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's, it's really dope, you know? Yeah, so,
1: but like that's that's the thing is like, you know, regardless of people's or whatever people have like trauma in the past part of part of getting through that is like dealing with that and moving on and and moving towards like you don't hold on to that you learn to like let go of that bitterness right or that 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 negativity that negative part or the thing that's like keeping you bitter let it go and then how do you make the future better how do you how do we move into a better place that kind of thing and sometimes that's like through arguments and you don't agree with stuff and and you think it's going headed in the wrong direction but like you know sometimes sometimes people will be like well back in the day it was this way this way blah 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 and like that's cool that was back in the day but we're here now and so where do we go right you can't go backwards like yeah you can move forward and maybe revisit that thing and bring it into where we're going in the future, and like add those elements that were lost, but it's like mm-hmm. you can't go back to how that was exactly. you gotta always think about like it's moving into the future, and where right. how do you steer this like the one of the best ways that I've heard it be talked about is like you know some people some people will be like oh you're you're in a boat, you're in a canoe, and you're going down a river, and you can't like it's really hard to reverse and go back. So you just kind of have to go right. where the, where the river is going and you can kind of steer it. But at the end of the day, like it's going to take you where it's going sort of, but I think a better example is like, I heard it as like an elephant, you're, you're riding an elephant and you have yeah. some control, but then, you know, sometimes the elephant will just be like, Oh, I want to go this way. And it's way yeah. bigger than you and you can't control it. Yeah. But there's certain things that you can kind of steer, right? Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, hundred percent. By the way, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, how did you like back when you started, like, um how did you guys pick up B and Like, was it like uh like what were your first like I guess your first first or second year into it? Yeah, like because you 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 <clears throat> didn't come from the YouTube era, right? So it's like what what yeah. were the things? Everybody has an interesting story about that.
1: So like most of my crew we started like roughly around the same era. So it was like the, yeah, the VHS area era moving into the very beginnings of the internet era. Mm. So people were still learning from tapes and and DVDs and, and one of the really interesting things that, that Nathan, a guy in our crew talked about, like they, our crew started on the island, on Vancouver Island. So it was right. a little bit isolated from the Vancouver scene. And one right. of the things that he talked about was like, they would have times where they'd go and visit Vancouver for a jam. Mm. And it's kind of like, they just see this new world or this different way of thinking about things. And they mm. get all this sort of like inspiration in, in a sense of like, not like, Oh, I, I see that. And I want to bite that. But like, just, Hey man, there's so many different ways of thinking but then it wasn't like youtube where you could just keep watching it over and over and over it's like you saw what you saw and then you go back to where you are and you're back into this isolated environment and like you're you have the influence that you have and it's like you're not getting so much outside influence anymore it's like Mm. bursts of of inspiration and influence and just mind expanding kind of stuff whereas now Mm. it's like Anytime you want to get inspired, you just go and like. Oh, I don't feel inspired. Oh, what's on YouTube? What's the latest battle? What's the, whatever? You know, it's kind of like there's there's something to be said about uh, working with the limitations that you have and that kind of thing. Uh, it can, right. It can really help push you creatively and that kind of thing. But uh, that's like I think Vancouver is kind of weird because it didn't there were sort of like OGs and that kind of thing that were around. And so like kind of the generation before me, they, they learned a lot maybe from those guys that were kind of before them. So like, uh, some, some of the people I, I know like Paul, Paul power and and mango, and they learned sort of from and Dixon and these guys, they learned a bit from like the older generation, like contents under pressure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the problem with Vancouver is like all, almost all those guys just kind of went their own separate way and they still did stuff with hip hop, but like they kind of disappeared from like the breaking scene. And I always think of that as like one of the reasons why maybe Vancouver has, just doesn't have like that lineage that say Toronto or maybe Montreal has, because like there's people that stuck around, like you guys have like Benzo and gadget and, and you know lots of people jedi all, lots of these people that they stuck around and they're even if they're not doing it as their job or whatever they're still they're involved right. in the community involved exactly. in mentoring people yeah. and stuff like that yeah so like vancouver was i always think of it has these sort of like resets where just everyone they get to that point where like you said a lot of people will just stop breaking and then they yeah. just kind of disappear right. and uh so it it always has these, like, it gets, it builds up and then it kind of dies down and then it builds up and then it dies down and it builds up and it dies down. Right. And so it's like, it's kind of weird in that sense. But like how we, we were like influenced, I guess, was just, yeah, the people around us, but yeah, the, it was like the tapes that were going around. So like freestyle session and stuff like that that era of breaking and then for me personally like vancouver had got a lot of uh what do you call them like exchange students from japan Mm -hmm. or like people doing like working holidays so that was a big thing too at least when i was starting out Mm. it's like guys from keep it real or or just yeah people from japan and they were just really good they happened to be really good and they were a huge influence on me. And that got me into like the Japanese scene and who's doing stuff there. And so for me personally, that was a big influence, but yeah. And then as it went on and the internet era kind of comes in, that's when you get exposed more to like, I found out about the other Canadian crews. So I saw like bag of tricks and I saw boogie brats and I saw, uh whoever right mm. and yeah but that was like when you had to download videos and you it wasn't right. streamed and stuff like that
0: right right so it
1: was still sort of like you had to really want to find something <laughs> and
0: yeah, you had to be
1: yeah. like wait a day for the thing to download or
0: something right yeah no that's crazy man <clears throat> that it's it's always really dope to, to hear you know mm the the start you know
1: yeah, yeah 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 but i i think that's the big thing like a lot of people are like shit on the youtube generation now of like you know you you have such easy access and you're you know whatever but the thing is like everyone did it in their own way it's just the same thing happening in a different circumstance
0: in a different time Absolutely. Um, you, yeah. you, you ask, or what was a I I forgot the quote. It's like ask it and it'll be given or whatever. It's just kind of like, you know, <clears throat> you, you guys wanted this, you, you guys wanted certain knowledge and, and you went, you seek it and you found it, you know? Mm-hmm. And same with these young guys, like, yo, there's, uh, uh, they're, they're so blessed because they have access to like so much old school footage, new mm-hmm. footage, mm-hmm. mid school footage, like mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. All they have to do is search it up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there is footage you know yeah.
1: but like the thing is some people say that as like this this sort of privilege that they have that they're so yeah. blessed to have that but at the same yeah. time like it's really hard to stand out and be different yeah and it's really hard because you're just bombarded with all like you're bombarded with footage from everywhere
0: yeah and it's yeah. like
1: well, how do you? Like what do you
0: do where do you go what do you look well, at What's well yeah there? exactly
1: it's the yeah. it's like the burden of choice or you're you're there's just so much information and it's not just breaking it's like anything you know yeah you see it now with with uh like i don't know something like the news and like well mm. what is what is the right news to listen to because there's like the traditional sources but those are kind of broken down with the with the internet and now you have information from everywhere so how do you deal with like what's right, what's wrong, this kind of thing. What should I actually listen to? What should I not listen to? We're
0: like spreading our attention thin, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, right? So it's like they have this this great thing that they can see all this footage and they can be influenced by all these things they can learn from people over the internet and like whatever, that kind of thing. But also they can learn from anyone. They can get stuff from anywhere. And it's like, I'll give you an example too, like, teaching english in japan a big problem with them is with the the younger students is when you give them a task where there's they can literally say anything they can choose whatever they want Mm -hmm. that's super difficult for them because they're like well what do i choose there's so many options i don't know which one to choose right and it's like it's a similar kind of thing like you we maybe we think of it as something like that's great. You can do whatever you want. Just do this, just do that, just do this. But like, you know, they might have a different perspective too. Of like, there's just so much information. What do I decide is right and what's wrong? Mm -hmm. What's good, what's good form and what's bad form. What's good creativity. What's bad creativity. What's right. You know? And I think that's, that's where having good like mentors and where the previous generation comes in too. Of helping mm-hmm. to guide people through this stuff and helping them to like make sense of all this information that's there,
0: right, yeah. right, no, hundred percent. It's like we well, now we got to focus it because we know there's many options, but we need to really like kind of uh, give it a certain direction, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's like I always saw that as the the role of of the ogs and stuff like that is you they're there to not control where it goes, but to give context of like, what is the history of this thing? Where does it come from? What are those certain things? Say we were talking about, like you can do whatever you want, but there's certain things that will make it breaking that will make it right. Whatever you're doing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And, and you got to remember these things and take it wherever you take it. But these things are what make it like, breaking what make it you know graffiti what make it you know hip-hop like dj kind of stuff like whatever it right. is
0: right you know? and 100%. so they're
1: there to kind of like guide but not control
0: right I-, I think that's the best way to put it
1: yeah yeah anyway that was another rant on my side but...
0: <laughs> hey that's really you know, honestly that's really dope and and, and i think that's something there's certain things that are like kind of universal perspective and knowledge, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I think that it's important that we talked about that, you know?
1: Yeah. And I, I want people to know, like, that's one of the reasons why I have this thing is to like, hopefully get people to start thinking about or to start thinking more open-minded that like, say you do breaking, but it applies to this or you do, you know, the stuff that you talked about with art that applies to breaking if you want if you want to focus on breaking or if you right. want to yeah like whatever you do there's parallels between all these different things like
0: it's all transferable yeah yeah, yeah. there's a switch lot calls, of things yeah, yeah yeah switch calls it transferable skills you
1: know <laughs> man <laughs> Yo, I gotta, it's
0: rhythm. Yeah, yeah
1: i gotta reconnect the switch
0: honestly like yeah no like I, the because I was thinking today, like, we're going to do an interview, but I was like, what was one thing that I really wanted to mention that I learned from breaking? Mm -hmm. And I would say, uh, obviously like humility and all those things. But one thing that I really learned is that I learned how to fail because Mm. I got smoked so many times, man. I got fucking smoked. Like I would lose so many battles in front of like thousands of people, you know, I'd invite like family or whatever like and you know or or yo my my mentor like yo he would like because we were trained at this community center and then like this was when i was 14 15 so all the girls that i like were outside in the parking lot chilling you know hanging with the bad boys then i'm inside b-born and then when we come out on our break they would battle me on the parking lot and i'm like now all my high school crushes are seeing me get smoked you know <laughs> and like yo like i learned how to lose you know yeah. Yeah. And, like, learning how to lose has taught me, like, I think is the reason why I never gave up. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how many times, yo, like, what I do is not easy. And, like, um, uh, that if it was easy, a lot of people would have pursued it. Uh, well, anything that's, like, your kind of your dream, especially in the creative world, like, you want to pursue it. Like, it's hard, you know. We, we all know that, right? But it's just, like, learning how to get back up and, and keep going. And just like, not really letting it like hurt you, you know, but just kind of like be like, all right, well, I, I started looking at it on a technical sense, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what did I lose? Okay, well, uh, I was lacking in this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said this to me or he something happened and it threw me off mentally. Maybe it was my mental. Maybe I would have had him, but I wasn't mentally there. So there's certain components that I'm always looking at. And you want, now when I step in a boardroom or or whatever, and let's say like, Uh, They're pulling my leg about something, you know, Um, I don't get thrown off easily, you know, and even if I lose the deal or even if I get rejected, like I'm just like, okay, well, every no is closer to a yes somewhere, wherever that yes is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. just like every battle you lose is you, you have to go and train and that brings you closer to a win in the future. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. And that's the stuff people don't see, you know, because people don't see the losses. They'll they'll see, like, the highlight reel of of you and the highlight reel of me and the highlight reel of a whoever, like, a celebrity or whatever. And it's like, they don't see, like, Michael Jordan, I think he, he lost, like, yo, there's, like, this crazy stat about how many hoops he missed. And, like, you know, it's, like, higher than so many other players, you know? Mm, yeah, and he's yeah. just like, yeah, it's like, because I failed more than everybody, <laughs> you know? Yeah so learning how to fail is so important because it's part of life like yeah. you're going to lose you're going to feel humiliated and that's fine but you need to know how to like recenter yourself and be like all right well like life goes on i'm not just gonna sit here and like you know uh be like ground myself you know mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of thing you know what I'm like punish myself yeah
1: yeah um that's a perfect message i think yeah you and dance verbal skills you know Yo, you get you get
0: verbal skills bro. you get
1: that no in the boardroom or whatever you can look at that and be like well why did i get that no was it yeah. something about the way they think or did i could i have done something better could i have presented it in this way what if i tweak this what if i do this like you know yeah
0: and if, there, yeah or maybe you
1: just look at it and be like you know what maybe that wasn't the right client And maybe
0: they don't match.
1: And you got to look at it. You got to look at it.
0: That's so related to b-boying because, yo, there was times when I'd roll up to other crews practice and they'd have all their groupies there, right? So even when I'm smoking them, I'm outnumbered by cheerleaders, right? Like, obviously, their homies and their girlfriends are on their side. Like, yeah, yeah, even though I'm dusting them, right? But the thing is, I'm just like, okay, well, the crowd thought I lost but really I I smoked them because like there's certain times where you need to know where you stand. Right. And you can't be thrown off. And that's same with the deal. It's just like, if I lost it, does that always mean that I'm not up to par? Or is is, is it sometimes that, uh, they, we just don't see eye to eye with something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another style of, uh, understanding a loss, right? Like Mm -hmm. it really a loss, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh agreeing to disagree kind of thing
0: yeah it's like all right man cool whatever i did my job here you know like <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. we we just don't agree we don't see it the same way cool
0: yeah w- you know? w- which is fine you know and it doesn't have to turn into something you know a beef is just like we don't that's fine and we just keep it moving right yeah yeah oh so, yeah for sure but yeah man no uh, absolutely man and you know it it's dope to exchange this because i think this is the first time that i'm, I'm actually speaking directly about how b-boying is so related to uh what i do and that like i think about b-boying and battle uh thinking all the time Mm -hmm. like throughout the years you know that i've been doing what i do it's just that i have nobody to talk to about it because like you know (laughs) (laughs) i have nobody to share with is what i'm trying to say right
1: well yeah that's that's the goal of of these talks is Look at like all, a lot of the people that are on here like breaking, but that's not the focus. And it's looking at what's beyond that. What's outside of that? How does it relate to other things? How do other things relate to it? And, yeah. and yeah. And just getting to know the people outside of their breaking career or breaking persona or whatever, like it's all of that.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. A hundred percent, you know, and um, I really hope that it, it, um, over the years, you know, with, you know, a lot of people have their controversy on the Olympics and all these other things, but I think that, you know, uh, just seeing the next generation go through that and experience that, and maybe that gives them a chance to really open up their eyes into dreaming about being full-time b-boys, you know what I mean? Mm. If, if that's what they want, like me, I'm lucky because I have, I'm also an artist, right? but if, but I really love b-boying. And if I wasn't artistically inclined, I would have probably had to go, you know, through that route. Right. And if we can make it easier for people by, by giving them more knowledge, you know, same as like the cats who had to learn the windmill from scratch. Mm -hmm. It's like, if we teach them those career skills without them having to reinvent them through mistakes, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I I think it could be just easier and faster. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. more people can continue to do it you know
1: that's the point of culture that's real culture is yeah. passing on these traditions so that people don't have to relearn this stuff like yeah. it just puts them in a better space like i think that's why why we're as a human race like where we are where we why we are where we are
0: yeah i think yeah. it's
1: because we have this idea of culture and being able to pass on knowledge from the past right and and yeah like you look at a lot of animals and it's just like they just do what they do and and whatever's programmed into them but we have this uh, unique ability to watch our parents do something whatever unique and then copy that and learn from that and maybe even innovate on that who knows like and make it better and then our kids or or someone else's kids or whatever see us doing that, and that's why it's like so important, like mentors and older generation to be these good role models and be good guides and be good mentors and that kind of thing for the right. future generation. Yeah,
0: hundred percent, man.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's a good spot to wrap things up. And show it's good connecting with you again. It's been a Likewise, while, man. But. Uh, For a long
0: time bro i think since uh florida i'm not gonna lie yeah
1: i think so but it's (laughs) cool it's been cool seeing your journey and that's one of the beauties of like social media is even if we didn't haven't stayed completely connected the whole time like i still kind of see your journey and what's going on and you're doing cool stuff and i always respect people doing that so um i want to do my best to share people's journeys doing uh share people doing cool things and with other people so yeah thanks for coming on and and sharing your ideas and your art for
0: having me bro yeah yeah appreciate it brother
1: yeah if you haven't do you have any last things you want to say before we sign off
0: um it's up to you (laughs) damn i i just want to say uh big up everybody and thank you and oh i want to give a big shout out to everybody who um Really took this pandemic to their advantage to do something uh to do something for themselves and, and do something else and uh shout out to this podcast for that reason you started through the pandemic no
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so uh, I, I think a, a lot of dope things were birthed through it uh, a lot of people had the chance to really think about uh, what they really want to do and uh, I want to shout out everybody who's um, been able to be resilient through it and also um I'm not saying that like, if you didn't do anything physically, if you're a, you know, um, if you got through this thing, man, like much respect in in general, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so hang tight, you know, and, uh, till next time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening or watching and thank you, M for just sharing your thoughts and perspectives on, on all the stuff on art and breaking and, and all that. Um, if people want to follow you, where can they follow you?
0: Um, follow me on uh, Instagram. It is underscore Medeo. So underscore M E D E I O and another underscore. That's my Instagram. And uh, my website's coming. My website is dropping soon. But if you nice. type it in, you can go to the subscription cool. uh, www.medeo.art. You know, and uh, that's about it.
1: Cool. Well, thanks again for doing this, and uh, hopefully in the future we can reconnect again and just share more ideas and. and
0: Absolutely, bro. I might see you in Japan. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> cool. Um, anytime. Yeah, if you come, just hit me up. Uh, me thanks go. everybody for listening and watching, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace. Thanks everybody for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed the talk. If you like what you heard, please feel free to check out some of the older episodes and help spread the word about the podcast. If you really want to go that extra mile, please consider supporting on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Even as little as a dollar goes a long way, and it means a lot to have your support. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.